podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're going to be breaking down Season 2, Episode 29 of Hannah Montana. It's called We're All on This Date Together, and I am so happy to be joined by my good friend, Alana Feynman. Hello, Alana. Hello. Happy to be back, as per usual. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> you, you are a last-minute replacement guest for this episode. Unfortunately, my planned guest could not make it this time. However, I feel like you must be feeling incredibly lucky that you got to see this. I'm <laughs> like, so honored. This was the like, best <laughs> accident it could have possibly been. <laughs> This episode, I had not seen before. Um, I only knew that it had the return of Corbin Blue in it, which was like enough to get me excited. Yeah. But oh my God, this episode (laughs) is so fucking good. (laughs) It's so good. Like it's, it's like tens across the board for me. Like, like I almost have no notes like about what they could do to improve just because it was so like it was legitimately well written for once. it was like every every line was amazing and i i took probably the most notes i've taken for any episode of this so far for this and at some point i realized i'm like oh you're just kind of transcribing the episode at this point and it's like <laughs> but i but like what am i supposed to do i have to do that every line is that good <laughs> like it's so crazy so normally what I do to prepare for these episodes are uh, maybe 45 minutes before I'm supposed to get on to record it with you. Then I watch the episode and I don't take notes. I just sort of like quick and dirty, let it happen. But I did watch this ahead of time and I did take notes. That's how bonkers it was. I did have things where I was like, I'm going to need to remember this for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I even feel like, I was able to, like, find some room for conspiracies. Yeah! Like, like this episode had it all. Like, it has insane guest stars. A pretty solid B-plot, I thought. Mm -hmm. Really weird outfits. uh, Room for conspiracies. Amazing one-liners. Like, I just, I could not get enough. I didn't want it to end. Like, it was just... It was so good. It was so good. (laughs) Just so cinematic, you know? (laughs) And like, and like there were things where I was like, "Mm, I don't know if we can really explain that. I like, I'm like willing to overlook it almost. Like, like I'm not going to fully overlook it. I'm going to talk about it here. However, like, did it matter to me watching it? Not really. Like, it was just... (laughs) It was just so much fun. It was. I had a good time. I had a real good time. I, I'm i really impressed with how the last chunk of season two was, like, just, like, they, they like, figured out what they were supposed to be doing the whole time, I feel like, <laughs> in these last few episodes of this season. Because, like, this one and yet another side of me, like, these are, these are primo- they make the list for me. Like this, this might be my favorite episode. <laughs> like, like this, this may have dethroned Dead at B for me. Like this, this is so good. I, I texted Courtney last night. I'm like, I know you're not the guest for this. Please watch it anyway. Like, I need yeah. to know your thoughts on this because it's so crazy. So, 
So like a little bit of uh, just like, I guess, fun factiness about it. So Corbin Blue, his only other appearance on this was the pilot episode. And I had to look into it. I was like, which came first for him, High School Musical or the pilot of Hannah Montana? And it turns out the pilot of Hannah Montana was like two or three months post High School Musical. Uh, so very fresh. So he's like, I think this was around the time High School Musical 3 came out. Like maybe he did this like to promote that. I don't know. Cause they probably just there was a lot the of reference. <laughs> They're like, hey, can we borrow you for like two hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And I was like really bummed that he doesn't show up again later because I thought he was so good in this. Mm-hmm. Um and I I thought he and Miley had like amazing chemistry together. Like yeah. I I was like on board for uh, Miley and Johnny Collins. <laughs> but then the other news about this episode, which is like less exciting, is that apparently this is the last appearance of Roxy. <gasps> what? I know. <laughs> it's terrible. Wow. So there's two full seasons without her. I never put that together. I never realized yeah. that. Well, because for me, you know, having only watched most of the first two seasons and like none of the later two, it never even occurred to me that she wouldn't be in the rest of it because she's such like a, like a, she, she is one of the main things that I associate with this era of the show. Yeah. And particularly, I guess, with season one, but also with this. So yeah, I, I don't love how they take away the only good parts of the B plots as time goes on. Like, yeah. I know we will get one more episode with Donzig in it, but <laughs> it's like a <laughs> consolation for the fact that he like was not in this season. <laughs> yeah. Like I've missed him. Yeah. And I've missed Thor and Thor's bird. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so we'll just, we'll have to see what they introduce instead in season three to kind of fill that void for me well at least she goes out with a bang i guess yeah yeah this is a great episode for roxy this is this is really good (laughs) so getting right into it we were i was less than two minutes into watching this and i'd already written like 350 words like it was i just i couldn't believe my eyes um so we open with like a celebrity auction the auctioneer is Donny Osmond for some reason. Um, <laughs> he has like the first line of dialogue of the episode. Like we open yeah. on Donny Osmond. We open on Donny Osmond. Uh, he is auctioning off a round of golf with, wait for it, Ray Romano, who's there, by the way. He's in this episode for some reason. I, I almost think that Ray Romano may be like, lost a bet or owed someone a favor that like works on Hannah Montana and that's why he did this because I genuinely couldn't because like the bit with Ray Romano goes on for like a while it's so long (laughs) it keeps going and like I loved it but like that's me now like if I had seen this when it originally aired I definitely did know who Ray Romano was at the time but I don't know if I would have like been entertained by this or like (laughs) Like, like, I don't know who this was for. And I I said to you, I was like, I feel like 
in some weird way, it was made specifically for me now because it clearly wasn't made for anyone else at the time. Like, it just... Yeah. (laughs) Like, what, what, like, parent would be watching Hannah Montana with their child with, like, one eye as they're, like, doing something more important and be like, oh my god, it's Ray Romano. No, they'd be like, Ray Romano, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah, I remember watching this as a youth and not really knowing who he was i think mm-hmm. i asked my mom and he was she was like you know some some guy from a famous show um i think i recognized his voice from ice age because i believe he plays. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if this was cross promotion with ice age <laughs> um i think that was the voice that 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 was the recognition i had for him at the time but i remember this joke not landing with me because I didn't really know who he was I okay so they're auctioning off a round of golf with Ray Romano Hannah and Lola and Mike Stanley are all together at like a table and Hannah turns to her friends and is like who's Ray Romano and Ray Romano turns around in his seat to be like he's the star of everybody loves Raymond and I was like okay I'm already fully on board (laughs) it's like thank you and she's like what's that and he's like you know the guy with the big nose and he never does what his wife tells him it's been on tv for nine years and she's like huh never heard of it and i'm like who is this for for? it's for it's for me now is who it's for to like be entertained by it but like i just i who was that for And, and it felt like the larry david cameo from earlier in the season where his daughters are like he created seinfeld it's like is this subliminally like the writers of the show trying to like subliminally like put in young children's minds like here's who's important in comedy you want to watch Seinfeld and everybody loves Raymond like is it like like I'm trying to come up with how this could possibly be necessary for the target audience of Hannah Montana my only explanation is that they just assumed a parent would be watching. Like, just any parent. Could be one parent out there. It was for them, you know? <laughs> yeah, because, again, like, even the studio audience, like, they laugh at the jokes. But they're not, like, thrilled to see Ray Romano. No, he like, doesn't get, like, a... People. Yeah, like, when Dolly Parton shows up and she gets right. like, whoa! Like, there was none of that. Yeah, even fucking Mama, who sucks, gets that. But but Ray Romano gets a very tepid response from the audience. Like, I don't know. I think the best part about it for me is, so, like, Ray Romano, like, you know, gets an arc. You know, he gets a whole thing. Donny Osmond, I don't think they even reference him by They don't name. even acknowledge who he is. I think at one point, Miley, as oh, Hannah well, says, Miley says, Donny without Marie say what? But that's it. Yes. I did not know who he was at this point in time, except maybe I recognized the face because I used to watch Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat a lot, but I didn't have like a name to match. <laughs> I don't think when this aired, oh, what year was Marie Osmond on Dancing with the Stars? Because I would have known who Donny Osmond was if Marie Osmond had already been on Dancing with the Stars. And Donny Osmond later won Dancing with the Stars, but this was after, see, because... This was back when I was, like, watching Dancing with the Stars all the time. I I do have to look this up, unfortunately. Have you been watching this season of Dancing with the Stars? No. Oh, my God. Did you know that Marie Osmond's real first name is Olive? 
Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Her name is Olive Marie Osmond. Olive Osmond is hilarious. <laughs> okay, so apparently she was on Dancing with the Stars in 2007. This was 2008. So I would have known who Donny Osmond was. I don't know if I would have recognized him immediately. However, I'll at least say this. If I had been watching this with my mother, my mother would have been like, oh, interesting, Ray Romano. She'd probably be more excited about that now than she was at the, she would have been at the time. But if she'd seen Donny Osmond, she would have been like, that's Donny Osmond. <laughs> like, like, I feel like he would have been a, be- a bigger get for like any parents that were watching. That's what I and feel And yet they too. barely acknowledged him. Yeah, barely at all. He does have more to do, but... But because of that one line, like, Donnie without Marie say what, it's not even that he is just, like, playing a character. It is Donnie Osmond playing himself. Yes. But no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. So Donnie Osmond has, like, Ray Romano stand up. He's like, show the people what they're bidding on. And, like, the lightest smattering of claps. Like, I refuse to believe that everybody at this charity auction is a child. Like... It's got to mostly be adults, right? See, I have a lot of questions about the nature of this event. <laughs> I have a lot, too. But anyway, he, like, waves. And then another kid is, like, he, he like, turns to a kid and he's, like, you know who I am, right? And the kid goes, yeah, you're Ray Romano, whoever that is. <laughs> Which Poor is Ray. Like, did Ray Romano lose a bet with, like, a writer for Hannah Montana? And, like, that is why they, like, had to write him into this? Like, I don't... Because none of it has anything to do with the plot writ large. Like, it doesn't have an effect on the A-plot. I want to know what the pay rate was for Ray Romano versus Donnie Osmond for them to get such different treatment. There's clearly a huge pay gap, but I don't know who got paid more and who got paid less, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Because one is, ob- well, I was going to say that Donny Osmond is objectively a bigger star, but I don't know if that's true. Because Ray Romano <laughs> did win, like, a lot of Emmys, and everybody loves Raymond, did run for an absurdly long time. But I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's just so bizarre to me to pick the two most different celebrities in the universe at this time and then give them such different treatment (laughs) in the same two minutes. I don't understand. Anyway, we, we like cut back to Hannah's table. Mike Stanley looks horrible as always. Um, he is wearing a yellow t-shirt with like a hideous button down over it. It's like this like bad, like beigey stripe pattern. And then he's wearing like a red, maybe suede suit jacket and like a red fedora. And his facial hair, I feel like it did improve the last time I saw him, but it's back to being bad again in this. (laughs) It's like really, really bad. It's really bad. Lola is wearing a white wig with a green headband, massive black plastic heart earrings, a weird green like beaded necklace that also has some sort of like heart pendant on it and a white and black like polka dot blouse with like a different black and white polka dot like tube top or dress. We don't see the whole thing over it with like a black satin shrug or like short sleeve blazer. I like couldn't really tell like how to classify that anyway. Mike is like, I'll bid for Ray Romano. And he pulls out, he's got $12 in cash. 
And then Lola like immediately sneezes on one of the dollars. So it's $11. And Donny Osmond immediately accepts the bid without like waiting for anybody else. <laughs> Just what is the nature of this event where a 15-year-old can buy Ray Romano for $11? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and then the other thing is this is like explicitly for charity. Because when, like, Hannah gets auctioned, Johnny Osmond is like, yeah, let's keep the bidding going. Let's keep getting that number up. And they end up letting two separate people win the auction in the name of, like, oh, the charity gets twice as much money. But when Ray Romano's concerned, they're like, no, we're not even giving anyone a chance to donate to charity. It's $11. Get out. (laughs) Like, we're done. (laughs) Like, not even for charity will Donny Osmond give Ray Romano a moment to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I mean, this gets into some of my questions, which is, like, it seems like there are only children here. Like, where... There are a lot of children. Who's at this? I, I was on, I could understand why Rico would be there because he's like a rich asshole and I could get No, he, he actually has money. <laughs> yeah. But like Johnny, just, so I know we're jumping ahead a little bit. How, who is he? How did he, why does he have $20,000? They never explain how Johnny Collins has $20,000 to bid on a single night with Hannah Montana. <laughs> like they never explain because- The last time we saw him, he was at middle school with Miley. And then now he has been going to school in Arizona and is back visiting, I guess. And he's like Mr. Moneybags. Like, (laughs) but it's only for this scene and they never explain it. And this is, this is what I mean. It's like, did I care watching it that they didn't give us an explanation? No, because it was so fun. (laughs) However... It is pure madness that yeah. he would have this amount of disposable income to bid. I guess I guess we know very little about Johnny. So, like, maybe his parents are just as wealthy as Rico's parents. We have no idea. But for all we know, he's, like, an ordinary high school student. And he just dropped $20,000. How did he even know that the auction was happening? How did he get an invitation? It's probably like a price per plate situation at this event. Like there must be a cover charge. He gets there at the last minute. He gets there late. Like I, I, I don't know what the deal is with this auction event. I don't know what the deal is because it seems like anyone can go to it. Yeah. No, it's like full of celebrities and and Ray like, Romano. <laughs> they start the bidding for Hannah at I think five thousand dollars. So like not anyone can just come to this. Like yeah. it's for an elite group of people. But it is mostly children. Yeah. <laughs> See, I wanted to know beyond Ray Romano and Hannah Montana, who else was being bid on? Yeah, because it who seems like there's there? a lot of room for, you know, like variables in between there. Like you've was got the two ends of the in there. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen Stefani? Gwen Stefani? The Rolling Stones? Were they there? <laughs> like Jesse McCartney, is that you? <laughs> so I just yeah, I, I have a lot of questions about the auction. Um submit your fan theories. I would love to know what your theories are about this auction. Anyway, next up for the bidding 
after Ray Romano is sold to a child for $11 <laughs> is Hannah Montana. Hannah looks very cute in this, yeah. by the way. She this looks was a great. good outfit episode for Miley. Like, Miley yeah. looked good through the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so she's wearing, like, a light blue sequin dress with, like, a blue tank top underneath so as to not show cleavage. <laughs> and then, like, a blue ribbon around the waist. Um, she has, like, a big metal star necklace and some big earrings. So, yeah, they, like, start the bidding at $5,000. It immediately goes up to, like, six and 7000 And then Rico enters in a pinstripe suit. He bids $10,000. And it's immediately... Oh, sweet niblets. Like, it, like, it's like sweet niblets mode activated. <laughs> and the second Rico starts bidding. Ray Romano, who's still here, is um, upset by the disparity and like their bids and gives Oliver $100 in cash so that he doesn't have to play golf with him anymore. And then he leaves. I would have liked to see that as the credit scene, though, where Mike Oliver Stanley goes golfing golf. with Ray Romano. <laughs> Oh my god, they should have done that. For $11. That would have been better than the actual bumper with Jackson and the piano. Um, No, I would... Yeah, no. As long as they had him, right? Like, he clearly was there for the day. Like, they should have... They should have shot something. (laughs) Even just, like, a montage. Yeah. I would have watched that. Anyway, Rico's there now. He's in a tiny little pinstripe suit. And I was like, okay... He would immediately recognize all three of these people because number one, they're all sitting together and they are always all together when they're in front of Rico and only one of them has a real disguise. (laughs) The other two just look like themselves. Yeah, with crazy clothes. (laughs) It's really insulting to Rico's intelligence because we also know that Rico's very smart and cunning. You're telling me Rico doesn't recognize Oliver behind that fake... (laughs) facial hair on his chin really you think that fooled him or i don't buy that lily who does nothing to disguise you know yeah i uh, yeah yeah like i i'll give them hannah i'll give them hannah i'll give him not recognizing her however he would immediately recognize oliver and lily and because they were there he would put it together and he'd figure out that miley was hannah like like point blank period this would not work. Do I care in the scheme of this episode? No. However, <laughs> it would not work. It absolutely would not work. <laughs> but uh, then Johnny Collins bursts through the door to huge applause. <laughs> Everybody cares about Corbin Blair. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, finally, someone really famous. <laughs> someone um, who matters. <laughs> So he enters and he immediately bids $15,000. And I (laughs) verbatim, here's what my notes said. How the fuck did he get that much money? IDK, but I'm so into it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank God he had it, you know? (laughs) Right, right. So then we get the intro and then, see, see, we got, that was all before the credits rolled. (laughs) That was all pre-Best of Both Worlds. <laughs> That's how it falls to the wall this episode is. So Hannah is like, I haven't seen Johnny in two years. And they dead ass give a flashback of the entire first Johnny Collins scene from the pilot episode with the ketchup and the moisturizer 
And Miley's like, he's so cute. All of that. Miley looks so small and her voice so different. And I'm like, how was I just watching this child like a year ago? And now we're at this where she's like so much more grown up. Now she's a woman. Basically. And I, I couldn't believe they showed this whole thing. They were like, you need to remember who he is in the context of this. He's not just Corbin Blue. It's not Corbin Blue as himself, <laughs> despite what we've been doing so far in the episode with people just playing themselves. Then Rico starts bidding up, as does Johnny. And Lola's like, you know, remember Johnny is a huge Hannah fan. This could be the start of something really beautiful. And I was like, is that a reference to the start of something new? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> but... Uh, but then they cut to this like fantasy sequence of Johnny and Hannah holding hands and singing <laughs> If We Were a Movie in front of just like a stock image of wildflowers. <laughs> and Hannah's wearing a gown that's actually very pretty. And I, I loved this sequence. They were Me like too. skipping in place, singing If We Were a Movie together. And like beautiful harmony. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Um, but then Rico keeps bidding, and Lola's like, how bad could it really be if Rico wins? And then it cuts to the same fantasy sequence, except Rico is chasing Hannah, and there's like a CGI tornado going across the meadow in the background. And also the lyrics are different for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. It's not like relevant to the context of what's happening in it. It's just different lyrics for some reason. <laughs> He specifically like, says main squeeze. Like if we were a movie, you'd be my main squeeze. And like Which like which like what what why? Yeah. Because <laughs> that still fits with the message of the song, you know? Right. Just do the song. But uh <laughs> but anyway, it's really good. Um I love the like the like it's the fakest looking tornado. Um it's so great. It's camp. The details. <laughs> it kind of is. Um uh, but then Oliver's like, don't worry about it. I'll sabotage Rico. And he, like, basically grabs his feet and, like, swipes him under a table or something <laughs> so that Johnny can win the auction. Just physically kidnaps him. Right. So Johnny wins the auction, but, like, a moment later, Rico pops up and is like, actually, 20000 And Donny Osmond is like, Hannah, if you want to... With your approval, we could raise double the money for charity and turn this into a date for three. And this is where she says, Donnie without Marie, say what? Yeah. And Johnny's like, you know, it's okay for me. It's for a good cause. Uh, Rico says, hey oh, the date's on, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Skipping over the B-plot, which this is like the longest paragraph I've written for a B-plot, I think, ever uh, <laughs> in my notes. But then we get a scene down at the beach Rico, like, asks Miley which cologne she thinks will drive Hannah crazy. And she, and she says, just be yourself. That'll do it. Which is already funny. But then Rico says, you're right. How can I do better than my own Rico Roma? This, Moises Arias is acting in this episode. This sequence, I was like, I am into just the sheer, like amount of acting he's doing he is doing it <laughs> yeah yeah this oh god it's so good also like i said the writing for this episode just they hit it out of the park <laughs> every one-liner is so good miley then 
goes over to Lily and Oliver, despite Rico being like within her line of sight and loudly is like, I can't believe I finally get a date with Johnny and now Rico is going to ruin everything. It's like, girl, <laughs> you have to help yourself. You have to help yourself at some point. I, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm glad they didn't take it in this direction, but I really genuinely can't believe that they didn't use this episode as a way for Rico to find out the secret because... Number one, it would have, like, bookended the season because it was in the first episode of the season that they thought Rico knew the secret. Yeah. And also, he's in close proximity. He's in, like, incredibly close quarters to Hannah the entire time. Yeah. And gosh, I'm even now thinking with more parallels to that season opener, he, like, sits on her lap in both episodes. Like, he gets right up in her face. Like, like we're supposed to think Rico's a genius. <laughs> And he doesn't realize. Look, the secret is absolutely ironclad. Not what, like, it's protected extremely well. It's never been an issue. Um, everything is that fine. That wig really just transforms the shape and appearance of her face. And it, it does. It makes her voice sound different. You know, you just, you can't argue with it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Lily apparently got Oliver sick. They both sneeze on Miley, and I'm like, okay, so I I kind of assume first off it's going to go in the direction of Miley getting too sick to go on the date or something. But no, despite the fact that Miley gets exposed to this illness at the exact same time as every other character in this, she gets sick last out of everyone. But she's like, I've got an idea. And we cut to Oliver sneezing directly on Rico, wiping his tissue on him. And then Lily loudly breathing, like, in his face. And then Lily loves Miley so much that she, she straight up kisses Rico on the lips to try and give him this <laughs> And then just yeets herself off the cliff. In the she literally then jumps off the, like, cliff to the beach because she's so distressed with what she's done. Like, that is true friendship, what she was willing to do. <laughs> I gotta say, this little bit did not age well in a post-COVID world. It did make no. It was it was honestly traumatizing for me watching this. It made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I was like, this is actually like a biohazard. Like this is like bioterrorism now. (laughs) Yeah, especially because Rico does get sick, and then he like starts sneezing on people's food that he's serving them at at the shack, and I'm like, this is not okay. This is not okay. Honestly, to to go back just for a second to Lily kissing Rico, Lily is, like, so lucky that Rico didn't then be like, oh, hey, a toots, you're yeah. in the <laughs> You know, like, he so could have easily shifted his affection from Hannah to Lily, like, like in an instant. Because yeah. we've seen him do it before, where, like, he thinks someone is into him, and so... Didn't that happen exactly like this? Oh, it was with Sarah. He was into Sarah really bad. And then he, like, met somebody else, like, immediately. And was like, no, she's fine. I think he kind of just goes wherever the wind blows in terms of interest. So, like, I'm... Lily got off easy in that she didn't then have Rico, like, in love with her for a week or whatever. Yeah. And Lily also quips that she'll have to boil her lips because of kissing Rico. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah 
the, the, just to jump back forward, the incu- I'm I'm all up on like the science of this uh, virus that's going around. Um, like the flu. incubation period of it appears to be like 20 minutes. Like, is this like the same day? It feels like it's like oh, like within the same like day or two. You know. I guess I. <laughs> I guess. But again, Miley was exposed to this first and she doesn't get it until the very end of the episode. Like she was sitting next to Lily at the auction and Lily was clearly already sick at the auction. But she didn't get sick. Oliver got sick. Why are, why have none of these children heard of just like popping a day quill? You know, like you don't have to suffer. It seems like it's just You don't a cold. have to still go places when you're sick. They don't they don't have jobs. Miley is the only one with a job. Like, yeah. it doesn't, they don't have to go to any of these places. Stay home if you're sick. Yeah, Good don't Lord. go pop a day quill, you know? Drink some Dime yeah. Tap and the call, like, you can live your life still, you know? <laughs> some children's grape flavored Dime Tap and just carry on, you know? <laughs> then we get the date it is at like a benihana style restaurant for some reason johnny's there hannah arrives wearing like a red and white striped tank top and jeans with a belt over the shirt which personally i was like this is what you wear for your big date that's also what i thought (laughs) (laughs) we know you can do better than this anyway they start flirting they seem to like really hit it off right away probably because they know each other already and they just (laughs) corbin blue doesn't know that And then Rico shows up wearing a bright orange button down, (laughs) which is not very flattering for him, but he's still very sick. (laughs) Hannah then is like trying to make conversation with Johnny. And she says, I heard you went to school in Arizona. And I immediately am like, oh boy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) From who? Uh, he's like, yeah, I played a lot of basketball, but it was so hot out there. It was really hard to get my head in the game. Sick ref. (laughs) Good one. Uh, just really, they're like, he was in high school musical. Do you guys remember that? (laughs) Especially because he says it a bunch of times. Because Rico's like, my ears are stuffed. What? Head in the game. Head, head in the, head in the game. (laughs) Head in, head in the game. (laughs) Yeah, so Rico is sitting directly between them, which for starters doesn't make sense seating-wise. Like, they each want to date with her. She would sit in the middle, right? Like, yeah. But whatever. <laughs> Rico demands that Johnny take a picture of him with his, quote, future wife. And he then sits on her lap and says that it could be their first Christmas card, to which she replies, yeah, happy holidays, love beauty and the beast. <laughs> and he's like, you get me. <laughs> She then tries to convince him to leave since he's sick. And Johnny's like, we're all on this date together. And I'm like, hmm. Also, saying the title in the episode is incredibly rare for yeah. the show. <laughs> like, that was that was a bit of a departure from form. And then I'm, 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 I'm kind of like on Johnny and Rico's side. Like, Rico did pay $20,000 to Yeah. Care. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And... I'm, I, at this point, I was like, listen, Hannah, sweetie, <laughs> you and Johnny clearly are into each other. 
So why don't you just exchange numbers? Yeah, that's what I wrote. along. Both of those in my notes. <laughs> play along with this date, and then you two can go out alone some other time. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. This is just for charity. It's a formality. You never have to go out with Rico again. Just be nice to him. Get Johnny's number, and then you can, like, actually have him be your boyfriend. Yeah. He's clearly into you. Just be fucking patient. But if there's one thing Miley is not, it is patient. (laughs) She is, like, the least patient person. But anyway, uh, the chef is like, how would you like your shrimp prepared? And she says, hacked into tiny pieces. Referring to Rico, presumably. But yeah, I... Things escalate from here and the whole time I'm like, Hannah, just just be cool. If you just be cool, none of Sweetie. this will matter. Yeah. How long would this be? Like maximum two hours, right? Because it's just like yeah. a celebrity appearance. If she if there was any adult there, if well, I guess Roxy couldn't be there because Roxy's doing the B plot effects the Sydney. same day. <laughs> if there had been any kind of security detail, anything at all, this wouldn't she, first of all, she'd probably be on better behavior. Um, but yeah. just like none of that would happen if there was a security team, they'd be like, Hey, little kid, you need to lay off just a little bit. You know, you're like being inappropriate to the talent. If it, right. if there's anyone there, you know, this would have been better. There are a bunch of kids dealing with $40,000, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, why wasn't there an adult present? Yeah. Like this was her why? working. This was not a social call. Why? Why wasn't, why wasn't Robbie or Roxy or anyone else? How come no one else was there? Yeah, they literally paid for her company, you know? Like, it was a business transaction. That could be a dangerous situation in theory. Because, sure, Miley knows who Rico is. And, sure, she knows who Johnny is. But Hannah is not supposed to know these people. And Hannah's team, like, if someone spends $20,000 for a date with Hannah Montana... That could be anyone, theoretically. Yeah. It could be a creep. It could be a murderer. It could be a kidnapper. There should be security there because both of these people are civilians. Yeah. Neither of these people are famous. All we know about them is they have disposable income. That's it. That doesn't mean that they're safe to be around. Yeah. That was a note that I made earlier on where, like, I would hope that there are some kind of, you know, special rules and regulations around the fact that this child is up for auction you know there must be there there has to be some kind of like maybe yeah maybe their thinking was because the people that won the auction are also clearly children maybe it won't be dangerous yeah hannah was like yeah i got this (laughs) yeah i think it's possible that they would have had a security detail for it like they probably when they decided to participate in the auction were like okay and whoever wins you know Roxy will go with you it'll be like a whole thing but then because the people who won are people that Miley knows personally she was probably like you know what take the night off I know you have something else you want to do tonight (laughs) (laughs) I know you got plans you know like I guess I guess that's what's going on but I would think knowing that Rico was going to be there Miley would want like another buffer yeah so that she could focus on johnny see this is the sort of thing it's like if if you pick at this for even a second it kind of collapses but it's just so much goddamn fun to watch that it's like (laughs) i can't even be like frustrated yeah like it it can't make me mad in the ways that some of the other plots have made me mad yeah 
anyway, the date continues. Rico is still very sick. And Johnny's like, hey, man, I, I understand that you want to stay, but maybe maybe you do need to go home and rest. And um, <laughs> Rico calls Johnny a walking pom-pom, which I thought was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah then is, like, eating really big bites to, like, try and get Rico to, like, feel nauseous and be so sick that he has to leave or something. Uh, and Johnny's like, hey, you know, I understand that you'd prefer that he wasn't here, but, like, he did pay a lot of money. We should be nice to him. You don't know him. He's just, like, a little boy. Yeah, and clearly he like, feels bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Hannah tries to convince him that Rico is evil, even though she supposedly just met him. Uh, and she's like, no, see, I can read people. But then something happens and I could not tell you what, like, the actual mechanics of it are. Here is basically what I saw happen. <laughs> she accidentally spills water on the hibachi grill, which is in front of her. It, like, steams up, which knocks the chef backwards for some reason, even though it's literally just steam. And not very much steam, but it knocks him backwards. He has a knife in his hand. The knife accidentally cuts a rope, <laughs> which somehow, this is the part I could not figure out, <laughs> cutting that rope somehow sends Rico flying directly into the air. <laughs> and then he lands in a tank of lobsters. What did he cut that sent Rico flying? Was it like the... How, why would the, like, bench or chair or whatever that he was sitting on be attached to a rope? And tethered in that way. Ceiling? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a chandelier in an action movie or something. Like, why, why would that send him flying? Did, so I, I also don't remember exactly, like, the specifics of it. But he launched in a way that made it, just to break down the physics of this <laughs> It made him launch in a way that seemed like the bench he was sitting on was like a seesaw kind of thing. So maybe yeah. the rope was attached to like some sort of ceiling decoration and the ceiling decoration fell on one side. And because Rico weighs nine pounds, it was enough to tip the bench and it was like a fulcrum like seesaw thing. Maybe okay. <laughs> it would have okay. to be a very heavy thing for him to fly like that. <laughs> He gets some serious air. He, like, smacks into the ceiling. <laughs> this, would be, this would be like a lawsuit situation. This is absolutely a lawsuit. Why, you think that Rico would, would not sue? ceiling able to launch a child into the ceiling and then into a tank of lobsters? I don't know. And Imagine and if Hannah Montana had been sitting on that bench and you sent Hannah Montana flying into a tank of lobsters. Yeah, and there's no way that Rico is not suing, you know? No, Rico's whole thing is that he sues everybody. That's yeah. the reason he doesn't have friends is because he's suing his friends despite them being children. Yeah. And I don't think you can sue children. I don't know. Maybe you can. I don't think you can. They don't have assets. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Rico's whole thing is he sues people. So yeah. This would be a massive lawsuit for this restaurant. I, <laughs> and there's like a ton of witnesses. I just, I, I genuinely, I could not figure out. Send me your theories about what happened here. I want to know. <laughs> You're right that there are a bunch of witnesses, which makes this even weirder. You know, that this is not like a private event. Right. 
And, and why is it at like uh, Benihana? Like, why is it not at like a really formal restaurant with like a private dining room? Yeah. There should be paparazzi all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. There are like other patrons at this restaurant right now. And yeah, there's like front and center, like at the bar. <laughs> oh boy. And we're not even at the stuff that I call conspiracy stuff. Like that's in the B plot. <laughs> anyway. So Rico goes flying into a tank of lobsters. Hannah is very excited that Rico is suffering, which Johnny does not care for. Um, he leaves and he's like, I thought you were down to earth, like in your songs. Nobody's perfect. You're not even close. It's <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> which, like, I agree with the sentiment of that, but. <laughs> and yeah, I, I again wrote in my notes, I'm like, she should have just sucked it up for this and gotten his number. But oh, well. Then the last scene of the A-plot, we're back down on the beach. Lily and Oliver are now feeling better, but Miley now has this flu. She's like, Johnny barely noticed Miley, and now he hates Hannah. And Lily's like, hey, listen, everything happens for a reason. You know, I guess you're just not meant to be with Johnny. Uh, And Oliver's like, yeah, if the universe doesn't want you two together, there's nothing you can do about it. But then Johnny arrives with, like, a surfboard. He's, like, going to go surfing. And his calves are out. (laughs) (laughs) He recognizes Miley, which surprised me because they knew each other, like, two or three years ago. And as far as we know, they, like, only interacted on one occasion. Maybe, you know, I guess the ketchup moisturizer thing would stick in a person's brain <laughs> especially because it worked because he was like my hands yeah, especially because he was into it and like yeah. did it again later on his own terms but anyway he recognizes Miley. he comes over and he and she's like i hear you had a date with hannah montana and he's like yeah but i like girls that are more down to earth like how i remember you being and i was like oh damn but then miley vomits so we're meant to believe that that ends things with Johnny but like he knows that there's a flu going around I feel like he could be understanding he cares so much about being down to earth yeah more <laughs> what's down more to down earth to- than vomiting yeah. on someone on accident I'm not like other girls <laughs> I, yeah I just wrote in my notes this is too bad I know why they couldn't but they would have been a great couple <laughs> they would have been a great couple I feel like by far he is the best person that Miley has gone on a date with. Yeah. Despite it going awry as it always does. I agree. So, yeah, that's the A plot. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Um, The B plot. This is this is like the rare occasion where the B plot has as much notes as the A plot does, because it's just there's so much happening yeah <laughs> so roxy arrives at the stewart house and is like putting up framed photos of her with robbie ray that are like clearly photoshopped which and i think an underappreciated part of this b plot is how good roxy's photoshop skills are right <laughs> like like they're good they like fool people yeah <laughs> anyway jackson enters uh he startles her so she attacks him and she's like what are you doing here And he says, bleeding internally, which I thought was funny. (laughs) And then Robbie Ray enters. Roxy is panicked that uh, Robbie and Jackson aren't at the Dodger game, 
which she thought that they'd be at, but they apparently skipped it due to extreme heat. And she's like freaking out. And Robbie says, now hold on there, Danica Patrick. What's got your engines revved up? (laughs) (laughs) A joke for who? (laughs) See, at the time, uh, oh no, that's somebody else. I was thinking, so... There's another famous Danica who's also a brunette woman, but it's um the girl from the Wonder Years who wrote those math books. Do you know who I'm talking about? Sort of. He wrote a book called like Math Doesn't Suck. Oh yeah. Yeah, I yep, I have that book. I actually My, my mom got own me that book. book because I was so bad at math. Same. And she it would help me. <laughs> I never read it. <laughs> I I did read it, but I remember nothing from it. I, I remember liking it well enough, but I mean, that didn't make me magically good at math, unfortunately. Yeah. But so I, I kind of was conflating the two in my mind, but I know that Danica Patrick is a race car driver. I just thought that she also wrote that math book for a second. <laughs> but, but great line. Great line. Jackson found a photo of Roxy and Robbie that appears to be their wedding photo. Um, Cause Roxy's wearing white in it. Yeah. <laughs> It's them at Niagara Falls. <laughs> and there's also one of Robbie wearing like a grass skirt and a coconut bra. And apparently Roxy told someone that she lives at the Stewart house and that she's married to Robbie because her high school reunion is coming up and Clarice Johnson is going to be there. And apparently Clarice Johnson used to torture her in school and Roxy doesn't know or doesn't want her to know that she's single and lives in an apartment with a goldfish named Denzel. Although she immediately amends that (laughs) Denzel died and now she has a dog named Diddy. (laughs) Uh, That's a fantastic name for a goldfish. Yes. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And Robbie's like, you expected us to go along with this? And she says, no, I expected you to be at the Dodger game. Oh, God, this episode is so good. Um, (laughs) Anyway, the doorbell rings. She has invited Clarice over to the house. Roxy opens the door and says, hello, Clarice, just like Hannibal Lecter inside of the lamps. (laughs) It's amazing. This episode is amazing. (laughs) How come nobody told me about how good this episode is? Clarice, who was played by Cheryl Lee Ralph, by the way. Clarice says that she thought that Roxy had made the whole thing up, but she thinks that Robbie is hunky. And Clarice says that Roxy was voted most likely to die alone in high school, which, which is incredibly fucked up. Why is that an option? Yeah, why, the fact was that like in the yearbook? Allowing that? Yeah, funny. what yearbook teacher signed off on that? That is so fucking cruel. <laughs> but I mean, we later learn that Clarice is an incredibly cruel person. She just yeah. like has a black heart. But so Clarice is like, when you walk into that reunion with Robbie on your arm, everyone at the school will owe you an apology. And I'm like, they'll owe her an apology because she has a husband. Like, it's so weird. Um, but Robbie immediately goes along with it because he is a total bro. He's <laughs> he's so nice in this episode. And then the next scene is presumably, like, a couple days later. Roxy is scolding Jackson and, like, pretending to be his mom. Because apparently she invited Clarice and her husband Edward over 
as like a I don't like know, pre like hang out before the reunion. Yeah. It's like the same night as the reunion. I, they're like, we can't, we can't do a reunion set. We can't pay that many extras. We can't. <laughs> um, we just have to do it at the house. Sorry. That's too bad because that would have been hilarious. Right. Like, to go to the reunion <laughs> and bring Robbie Ray. Oh my God, that would have been so good. You know, he would have sung, I want my mullet back. He would have like absolutely done like a performance. <laughs> Well, see, we're we're leading into something that I thought of, but so they they get there and Roxy's like, I know what you're thinking. I drilled for good looking and hit a gusher, and then she smacks Robbie's ass so hard he says, "Ow." So okay, so this is where I was like, okay, do these people know what Roxy does for work? Couldn't they look her up and see that she works for Robbie Ray's daughter, Hannah Montana, and then therefore know where Hannah Montana lives? if they cared enough and isn't Robbie famous and these people are like the same age as Robbie Ray. So they actually would have been the right age to be Robbie Ray fans when he was like famous. Yeah. Wouldn't they know who he is? Hannah secret. Like, like it's, it's a very short connecting line between these two things. Well, I guess we're just supposed to assume that these people don't give a shit. <laughs> good thing he didn't go to the reunion then. <laughs> Maybe I take it back. <laughs> right, because like if he'd gone and saying, I want my mullet back. Yeah. They'd be like, Roxy, wow, you date honky-tonk singer Robbie Ray and also your boss. Like, <laughs> like he's her boss. Yeah, I mean, uh, for someone who seems so like tapped into like how they are perceived socially um clarice didn't seem to know who robbie ray was as a celebrity this is just like oh you are dating a hot guy i thought this was odd yeah right (laughs) and again it didn't affect my enjoyment yeah (laughs) i'm not thinking about it until now yeah but like but you know it's again you you scrape a fingernail at the corner of this and it just disintegrates like (laughs) (laughs) but Anyway, um, apparently Clarice and Edward also have a son about Jackson's age, who's a music genius. And Roxy, not wanting to be one-upped, says that Jackson is a genius at piano. And I'm like, again, you got to help yourself. Like, there's a piano right there. Pick an instrument that he wouldn't have at home. Right. He's like a timpani genius or something. Like Like a harpsichord, (laughs) you know? Right. Right. Like an instrument that's not right in their line of sight because if it's in their line of sight they're gonna say oh my god then we'd love to hear you play which is what happens (laughs) so they cut to jackson playing the piano amazingly but it's actually coming from a cd player underneath the piano and it like the cd keeps skipping and jackson's having to like improvise and i actually think it's pretty funny yeah however when they had the time or the ability to set this all up without Clarice and Edward noticing beyond me. But it's like a cute little bit. He also had that track memorized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was impressed. but <laughs> Even though there's no way that the sound quality would have been the same coming from a no. player under a piano versus an actual live piano. But well, it again. appears to be that Clarice and Edward are stupid. So, yeah, their their son did not get his musical genius from them, no. evidently, um, or any sort of genius. But then the next scene, Clarice apparently brought yearbooks over, um, and she's showing Robbie Roxy's picture among that of other people. The picture they show of Roxy is 
bizarre and I have to assume it's doctored in some way because it's <laughs> it's very weird I like couldn't even I like take real notes on it she kind of looks like little Richard <laughs> <laughs> you you're right me? though you're right okay. though okay so anyway that's not even the important part of the scene the important part is that Clarice points out this other girl I don't remember her name uh and Clarice like judges this girl she's like i hear that she's still single and works at a grocery store like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah what the fuck is wrong with you how unhinged do you have to be you know right so roxy defends this girl being like you know you can find happiness in like any sort of life you know it's about you know you it's not about who you're with and clarice like scoffs at her and roxy's like you can get through a lot if you're surrounded by people who love you and Clarice is like, well, if that girl comes to the reunion, I'm not even going to speak to her. And I'm like, why? Because she's single? What the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? You won't speak to someone because they dare to be single? Like, it's so bizarre. It's like the weirdest thing to have, like, a hang-up on. Like, it, it's like they couldn't do a real prejudice. So they're like, oh, she'll be, I don't know, single. Like, they can't say, oh, I don't speak to, I don't know, uh lesbians <laughs> you know like that'd be one thing my hy- like, okay at least people are actually bigoted against lesbians yeah but- my hypothesis here is that like like the natural dig that i thought may would make sense here was that well she's poor you know so i'm not gonna talk to her because right. she's fucking poor um but disney channel has like issue like disney channel's real classist and like yeah. especially in the other shows where like it actually sometimes they have jokes where that's actually like this joke is funny because poor people aren't as good as rich mm-hmm. people so it like isn't quite on brand to make fun of people and to have someone be like no you can be poor and happy because that wasn't like a message that they were trying to push at the time right. <laughs> so they had to pick this other one that wasn't really anything it like wasn't really anything <laughs> Yeah, and so Roxy's like, well, I'll sit with her. I'll be nice to her. I'm, and and Clarice is like, why? Why would you be nice to this person? So then Roxy is like, I'll be nice to her because I'm proud of myself and who I really am. And it really seems like she's gonna like confess that the whole thing was for show, but she actually is just like, get the hell out of my house. Yeah, <laughs> she like kicks them out, and she still says it's her house. Hey, I support that in the moment. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's the uh, appropriate response. Um, yeah. But then uh, Clarice's husband is like, way to glo- go, Clarice. This is why we don't have any friends. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. She seems like a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and Roxy then tells Robbie that uh, she'll tell the truth at the reunion. And uh, she thanks Robbie for being a great friend to her. It's all very sweet. Yeah. And they hug for a long time. For a very long time. Roxy's like, no, I'm not done hugging you yet. <laughs> Which also makes me sad because this is the last time we see her. That's her last episode. Yeah, I thought it was just her, like, sexually harassing him. But now that I know that it was her last episode, you know? <laughs> well, I, who knows if she knew it was her last episode. But uh, but anyway. <laughs> but then the bumper is Jackson in, like, a tuxedo with tails. And he, like, enters with, like, a candelabra and then starts playing the piano really beautifully and Robbie like presses the off button on the CD player and like pulls the club the plug out of the wall but he keeps playing and Robbie Ray's like wow and Jackson's like 
he says, that's right, daddy, I'm deep. And I was like, oh, God. Um, but then a Walkman falls out of his pocket. And I'm like, that's not how Walkmans work. No. <laughs> they don't work without headphones. They don't just play music. No. <laughs> it's not just like a Bluetooth speaker. No. Those didn't exist yet. <laughs> so, uh, but that's that's the episode. That's the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Who was that for? You know, that bumper. Know. Why did that need? Like, it, they should have, they shouldn't have had the Walkman because... Like, it was just an excuse for him to just, like, have an accent. But I thought it would be, it would have been funnier if they just didn't explain how he suddenly knew how to play piano, you I know? agree. I agree. Yeah, they well, should have just ended also, it. in terms of selecting a bumper for this episode, I feel like there are endless opportunities yeah. other than this for what they could have done. They could have done Roxy at the reunion. They could have done uh miley still being sick or something oliver and ray romano golfing exactly (laughs) they could have you know like johnny went down in front of the surf shack to go surfing what if he sees rico and is like wants to talk to rico who he just met on this like very weird night you know what if rico goes up to lily and is like so things didn't work out between me and Hannah Montana. What are you up to? You know, yeah. like, there's endless opportunities for incredible bumpers. And they went with this one, which perfectly fine bumper. Perfectly fine. The best thing they could have chosen? No. <laughs> What's well, one of those like, it's grade A work, but it could have been an A plus, you know? Yes. If they had just like yes. really kept that effort up through the end. Yeah. And I mean, again, none of my qualms with this episode affect my overall love and adoration for it. Like, this is still an incredible episode. I just have to, I just have to point these things out. That's my job. Yeah. (laughs) Well, is there anything in the episode that we didn't address that you would really like to talk about? Um, just that I think the moral of this episode is just like, take fucking Dayquil. Like... (laughs) You can take that's what these medic that's what these over the counter medications are there for. They yeah. make it child doses, you know, you can take children's whatever. You don't have to suffer. Yeah. And you don't have to be in public when you have the fucking flu. Yeah, you can go home. <laughs> you can just go home. I get that it makes for slapstick comedy on the Disney Channel, but I don't want children to be taking the wrong message from this. If you're sick, stay home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I, I feel like I was so thorough in my notes for this that, like, I don't have anything left over. Yeah, I think we got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh my gosh. (laughs) I know, I'm, like, exhausted now. (laughs) That's like, whew, something lift my body. I feel like I'm finally free, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to an extent. Uh, watch this episode. This is a good episode. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Alana, thank you so much for filling in at the last minute. You really saved my ass. Oh, I am honored. I'm always honored when you think I'm, of I'm me. I'm glad you got to be on this episode. Um, I think I think anyone would have had a fun time watching this, <laughs> but I know that you all extra had a fun time. Yeah. Um, would you like to let the folks at home know where they can find you? Absolutely. I am extremely existent on the internet. You can find me on all social media platforms, but particularly on TikTok at Alana Fine Woman. 
I also host my own podcast. I also host (laughs) my own podcast called It's Broadway Bitch, where my friend Christina and I watch uh, musicals. She doesn't like musicals, but I'm forcing her to like them. And we talk about them. We just watched Come From Away, which was a solid one. They just did a pro shot version of that on Apple TV. Uh, So you can listen to that anywhere you find your podcasts. Or you can find that on social media at It's Broadway Bitch, No I in Bitch, because this is a family show. Are you going to watch the Princess Diana musical? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I've heard it's hilariously bad, and I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, I've been considering it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you again, Alana. Yeah, you and- got it. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for tuning into today's episode of Pumping Up the Podcast. I hope you'll join me next week for the season two finale of Hannah Montana and Pumping Up the Podcast. It's season two, episode 30, Uptight, Oliver's Alright. And I know what you're thinking. Elise, that episode technically aired in season three. You would be right about that. You would be right that technically it did air during season three. However, Disney Plus lists it as the final episode of this season. And that is also where it originally was supposed to air before it was pulled from air and had to be reworked because the first version was uh, incorrect in some information it supplied about the condition of diabetes. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) what exists on Disney Plus is the reworked version. Um, We'll talk all about it in more detail on that episode. Uh, Anyway, tune in for that for the very fun (laughs) season finale of Pumping Up the Podcast. And in the meantime, if you want to find us online, we're on Twitter at Pumping Up the Pod, Instagram at Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm on Twitter at LovelyLisi, Instagram at ActorElise. Also, check out TH Glee, my other podcast with my our friend of the show, Courtney Sile. That's out everywhere you get podcasts and everywhere under the handle at TH Glee 420. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I also think it's very funny. <laughs> and the thing is, we've recorded, uh, we're like almost done recording season two of that. And only six episodes have gone out to the public at the time of this <laughs> recording. <laughs> so... There's a lot in store. <laughs> Be excited. Uh, also, the two most recent episodes, uh, five and six, I think are both incredible. And Amazing. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I really <laughs> love them. Uh, so anyway, yeah, listen to that. Uh, and thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep on pumping up the party.